Hey there, welcome to the Real Happy Mom Podcast, the weekly podcast for moms to get inspiration, encouragement, and practical tips for this journey called motherhood. My name is Tony Ann, and you are listening to episode number 69. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Real Happy Mom Podcast. If this is your first time listening to an episode of the Real Happy Mom Podcast, welcome, and you are up for a treat. And if you are a returning listener, you know that I've always got something good for you. So today I have Rachel, who is going to be helping us with getting our kids in an academic place where they are succeeding. So Rachel is a tutor and an academic mentor that has tutored for over 12 years. She's earned her undergraduate degree in two and a half years and earned her graduate degree by the age of 22. She's currently a homeschool mom of two and offers resources and experience to help parents learn how to best help their teens or their young children who are struggling with school. So I really am excited about Rachel and what she has to share with us today because I know that the school year is coming to an end and there may be some mamas out there that may be struggling with their kids and their grades. So mom, if that is you, please stay tuned and listen to this episode. Even if your child is doing well, there are some ways that Rachel is going to mention that it's going to help you with either setting your kids up for success in the future or just making sure that your kids continue to do well in school. But before we jump into this episode, it is time for the mommy wins. So let's check out this week's mommy win. Hey, this is Christina over at Kids Ahoy Crew. And- Kids Ahoy is a new parenting hub, bringing parenting tips, truths, encouragement, and survival skills for the first few years of life. My mom win this week was having our 10-year-old, Jeremiah, and he saw uh, that we were in a hurry to get to our foster care classes. He offered to help me prepare for dinner by chopping up vegetables. This isn't usually, he isn't usually one to offer to help or see a need, so it was a huge win for me to see that he saw the need and he met it. It's just fun seeing him grow up. So I was able to just give him tons of praise and hugs and just celebrating this big success. Well, Christina, I think that is a huge mommy win. It is so awesome when our kids actually start to do things to help us out and take it upon themselves to do things without being asked. So Christina, I'm excited for you. And moms, if you are listening and you want to be featured in a mommy win, all you have to do is go over to Instagram, follow me there at Real Happy Mom. Then you'll go to the DMs and there is a little microphone button down there on the lower right hand corner. What you want to do is press and hold that button and then tell me your name, your Instagram handle, and then your mommy win for the week. So now that we have that out of the way, let us jump into this episode with Rachel. Rachel, I I was talking to you before we got on and I am just like so excited to talk to you and hear everything that you have to share on this particular topic. But before we jump into that, I just want you to share a little bit about you and your background. Yeah, so my story, um, I'm a mom of two. My story basically (laughs) begins when I was in school. As a kid growing up in school, I was the kid that teachers did not like. I hated school. I went through school um, 
you know, trying to play sick every day so that I could get out of school because <laughs> I hated it. I struggled in school. I was a terrible student. I couldn't sit still. I couldn't focus. I couldn't pay attention. Teachers were always trying to pass me off to the next class. And every year it just got worse and worse and worse till I was in fifth grade, um, my teacher actually told my parents, hey, look, you have got to hold Rachel back one more year because if she goes on to middle school next year, she will fail miserably. She will not succeed in middle school and it will go on her, you know, permanent record is the big scary thing teachers use to scare parents. And so they were scared and they thought, what do we do? You know what? Let's send her on anyway. And so I didn't like being called a failure. So I thought, what can I do in order to not be the failure that he told me that I was going to be? And so sixth grade and in middle school was the first time that I learned not how to work harder, but how to work smarter. I learned the tips and tricks that I needed to do well in school, do better in school without putting in hundreds of hours of studying, hundreds of hours in, you know, homework or whatever it was. And so every single year, I just learned these tips and tricks and I just got better and better and better. So I went from being the student that was failing to being valedictorian of my high school graduation class. I went on to earn my undergraduate degree in two and a half years. So by the time I'm 20, I had my undergrad. By the time I was 22, I had my graduate degree. I was you know, graduating uh, summa cum laude, um, had all of these honor society, blah, 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 who cares? <laughs> but basically the only reason I say that that, you know, I. I was able to accomplish this was only because I learned how to do better in school without working harder. And so after school, I always had tutoring that I did that I enjoyed. So even though I went, you know, got this corporate job, worked my nine to five, at the end of that, I would go and I would tutor. And I realized, you know what, even though this corporate job drains me of my life and soul, I would go and tutor and that would light me up again. And so I always wanted to be a tutor. But everything changed, of course, when I became a mom, right? My kids became my priority. And I realized, what is it do I want to teach my kids about what they want to be one day? Do I want them to think that it's okay to have a soul-sucking job? I thought, no way. I want to be able to encourage my kids to fulfill what fills them, pursue what they what, what lights them up. And for me, that was tutoring. And so, so many people I tell this story to, they look at me and they think, oh my goodness, what's wrong with you? <laughs> because this literally lights me up. Um, and I absolutely love doing it. And so I've tutored for over 12 years. And in these last 12 years, I've realized every single student that I've ever worked with Every single team, it didn't matter what subject they struggled in, it didn't matter what grade they were in, every single student were 
missing these key tips and tricks that I learned. It wasn't that they were a dumb kid or a lazy kid. You know, I'm doing the air quotes because nobody's dumb or lazy. It's just that they don't know how to be better students. And so as a tutor, I love working with students. But as an academic mentor, I can teach students how to be better students so that they don't need a tutor. I love that because I was sharing with you a little bit of my story. And it's so funny that both of our stories are kind of similar because I had a similar experience where in um, elementary school, yes, they were talking about possibly holding me back in the special needs classes and all of that. And then light bulb went off, boom, I started doing good. Yeah, years later, now I'm a dentist. And it's just funny to me. I'm thinking like, how does, you know, a dentist be in special needs classes and learning disability. Like it's something that I was missing. And I I get so frustrated when I think about it because I'm like, had I had someone like you in my life, Rachel, I really wouldn't have had to struggle as much. And um, one of the things that I, I really was taken back on when I first started reading about you was one, of course, your story. And then two, your take on tutors, because a lot of times I know growing up too, I did have a lot of tutors, but you're saying that there's some reasons why we shouldn't have a tutor for our teenagers. So I want you to talk to us about that. Yes, I love it. Every time I say this, people are like, wait a minute, you are a tutor literally telling me not to hire tutors. Why would you say that? (laughs) And I love it, seriously, because not every student actually needs a tutor. Tutoring should not be our first response. It should be our last resort. And here's why I say that is because so many times we as parents, We see our kids struggling in school, so what do we do? We ask the teacher, what can I do to help my kiddo? And what's a teacher's first response? Go get a tutor. And this bothers me so much because to me, this is a teacher's way of putting that responsibility off of them, off of the parents saying, go hire out to get a tutor. But a tutoring, number one, tutoring is costly. It costs a lot of money, and that's a bigger burden on the family, and that just doesn't benefit the whole family, right? And so when I see this, I've had clients come to me saying, look, we loved working with you. We wish we could work with you more, but we're out of money, and we can't afford it. And I say, I totally understand, and I'm sorry for that situation. And here's the honest truth is that, There are things that we can teach our kids to do well in school, to do better in school, so that they will not need a tutor. And that is what I love sharing with students and with parents so that we can avoid the burden of having or needing a tutor in school. And the things that I actually talk, I call them tips and tricks in school, how to be better students. But the reality of that is that I call these academic skills because these are just the basic fundamental skills that kids need to have in order to do well in school. And the downside is that our school systems are just not teaching our kids the fundamental basic skills they need in order to succeed in school. I I totally, totally agree because I think we were talking before and I was telling you, you know, like had I known like some of the things that I knew while I was in dental school, I would have been a rock star in <laughs> middle school and high school. Um, but those are the things that they just don't teach us. And I know there's some moms that are listening like, oh my gosh, can you tell me what some of those academic skills I need to know? So can you just share with us just a few of those? 
Yeah, so I, I love sharing these academic skills. And when I tell people, we've got to teach our kids study skills. People like, sometimes they shut down because we're like, what in the world is study skills? My kid, of course, they know how to study. They know how to study for a test. So why do they need study skills? And I don't like the term study skills just because we think of it in this little box, but it's so much bigger than studying. It has to do with all the skills they need for academics, which is why I prefer to call it academic skills because it's literally what they need for school, right? So the skills I'm talking about are like how to study is just the basics, but I'm also talking about not just how to study, but how to learn. Learning, their learning styles is totally different from how to study. Those are two different things. And we as parents, we just don't know. So how can we help our kids if we don't even know? So there's study skills, learning skills, good organization, note-taking, time management. These are all the skills that I especially work with teens. And the reason I work with teens is because if they don't have these skills, their grades are going to suffer in school. But if they don't have these skills in middle school and elementary school, so we ha can actually help them learn this before the problem comes up so that they don't end up going to high school and struggling in school. I totally, totally agree. And one of the things that I was, I wanted to start to tell you, but I didn't want to go down a bunny trail was <laughs> I didn't know about learning styles until I was in dental school. And that was like, <laughs> I was like, really? Like, why didn't I know this before? But just because I, I promise, I remember this kid, like it was yesterday. And the reason why he's so prominent in my mind is because he ended up passing away. But this kid was so, I thought he was just so wicked smart. He would literally sit at the front of the room, no paper, no pen, just sit there and listen and come back and make A's on all the tests. And I'm like, how in the world are you doing that? Like, can you just like tell me like what to do so I can do it? But he figured out his learning style a whole lot sooner than I did. So he yep. was able to yep. utilize that and do what you said about, you know, working smarter and not harder. Yes, totally. And see, that's the only difference between the students that we might perceive as the quote unquote smart students. The only difference is they've already either learned these skills or their inherent skills that they naturally are good at and blessed with so that they didn't have to struggle the same way. It's not that they're smarter. It's not that they work harder. Your kid may be just as smart. Your kid may be even more hardworking, harder working <laughs> than the kid making the A. The only difference, like you said, he was equipped with the knowledge of how he learned. Yes, yes. Now, I know that I'm probably like those moms are listening like, okay, Rachel, you got to help me. So now I know that these are some of the academic skills that I need for my kid. Let's talk to some of the moms who don't have the teenagers, who have the, the elementary and middle school kids. Um, so what are some ways or resources that we can use to kind of help with developing these skills? Yes, this this age you're talking about is the absolute prime time of teaching this to our kids. And when people ask me, well, how early can we start teaching these skills to our kids? Look, my kid, when she was in preschool, she's still in preschool. When she was three years old, they were teaching her organization. Mm -hmm. So how did that look like? Every time she had, you know, her preschool papers, they gave her a folder and had her put all of her stuff in her folder and had her put her folder in her backpack. That is the bare bones basics of how to teach our kids organization. So when we're talking about how can we teach these skills to our kids, 
in elementary school is when it starts. In middle school is when we can start perfecting these skills so that they don't struggle, so that they don't struggle when they're in high school, so that they don't fail classes and feel like a failure. So really, this age that you're talking about is the perfect time to start. So how can we start teaching it? Like I said, organization, just teach them. Here's how you, folders, keep organized. Um, here's how you write down your assignments so that we don't forget assignments. Um, here's a basic uh, after school schedule routine that we can have for doing homework. So that way when they have lots of homework when they're older, they won't fight homework, right? That's the biggest concern I get is my kid is fighting me on homework, they don't wanna do it. Well, set up the routine. They had the routine when they were little, so why can't we keep that routine when they're older? So those are some of the, just really the basic ways we can start implementing and teaching these skills so that they, that way they can, over time, learn these skills on their own and perfect these as skills. Yes. Now, the big one, Rachel, for me, I just because my, my um, challenges in the past was the um, learning styles. So is there like a test or certain things that we should look for when we're helping to identify what our child's learning style is? Yes. So I love talking about learning styles, right? So I am, um, I love following, it's called VARC. So the four different learning styles that, that I teach is, is called V-A-R-K and the acronym V-A-R-K. So if you're watching your kiddo, you know, at home learning, you may have already noticed there are specific things that they may do that helps them learn. Maybe you have, so let's start with V. V is visual. Maybe you've realized that your kiddo loves picture books and loves learning through picture books. And if they say, oh, let's go to the page with um, the teapot on it. My, this is my kid. My kid will be like, oh, let's skip to the page with the teapot. I'm like, what page has a teapot? You're not, no, this isn't that book. And she will flip to that page and be like, there is the teapot. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, you're right. And I didn't catch on to it because the words didn't say anything about teapot. So when reading the story, I didn't know what she was talking about. But she learned through the visual pictures. That tells me that she is a visual learner. A is auditory. They may learn through listening. If they love hearing you um, repeat stories or sing nursery rhymes, if that is how they learn, then they may be an audio learner to where they learn through listening. Um, V-A-R. R stands for reading and writing. This is definitely um, a very important learning style. This is my uh, this is my learning style. And what is so interesting is so for read and write, the only way that read and write learners learn is literally through numbers and letters. That's it. So many people will mistake the read write for visual, and actually, visual is totally different from read write learners. Visuals is more like pictures, images. Um, symbols, those are the things that they remember when they're trying to recall from memory. Read, write is literally just words, letters, numbers. That's how we learn. So if your kiddo is old enough to learn how to write and read, then that is their prime time of how they learn. All they have to do is write to learn. It's really awesome. The last one is K, kinesthetic. As we know, that is hands-on learning, learning by doing. And so 
when I show parents that these are the four different learning styles, I say the first thing we need to do is figure out how, which of these learning styles your kiddo has. And like you said, you were a, a, an adult before you even found out. One of the greatest things that we can do is equip our kiddos with the knowledge of which learning style they have. Because so many times I work with teens and when they get into high school, I ask them, okay, so how do you study? What is your learning style? And they look at me with this big question mark on their face saying, what on the, in the world is a learning style? I'm like, no, you have to know before you get this age. You have to know because how else are you going to study effectively or efficiently? And so if you already can, maybe you're a parent thinking, oh, yeah, when I do, you know, like I said, when I read a book to my kiddo and they can recall this information, that will indicate which learning style they have and what they learn. What you can also do is just go in Google VARC questionnaire or VARC quiz. Again, it's an acronym, V-A-R-K. Have your kiddo answer those questions. Um, I actually also have a VARC quiz that I have as a resource for parents. So once that you take that, you can figure out which learning style your kiddo is. And what I would say is, not only take their number one, their primary learning style, but also find out what their secondary learning style is. And the reason I say this is because so many students, so many kids in general learn through hands-on learning. I mean, obviously, right? We as adults, we learn through hands-on. If I don't know how to uh, change a tire or change my oil in my car, someone's got to show me how. If you try to talk me through it, I'm going to be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Someone literally will can teach me by showing me how to do it, which is the best way that so many of us learn. The downside is that when students are sitting in class, so much of that learning is not hands-on, right? No one can literally, especially when it's, it's like math, <laughs> so many students that struggle in math, I mean, it's just a bunch of, you know, numbers or letters, whatever's on the board. And so it can be really, really difficult to learn through hands-on if, if you're struggling in math. So that is why a secondary learning style is actually really important because if their primary is K for kinesthetic, so much of in-classroom learning is not that style. We need to focus on their secondary learning style so that we can still help them learn classroom learning and so they don't fall behind. Living away from my parents has been a challenge for my kids to spend time with their grandparents. But thanks to Caribou, my parents get to see and interact with their grandkids often. Caribou is an interactive video calling app where you can read, draw, and visit with your little ones. This is a perfect solution for having fun together when work and travel keeps you apart. Caribou's library has thousands of books in eight languages with some of our favorite characters like Thomas and Friends. And it even has coloring sheets that allow you to draw and color on the same screen in real-time video call. So go ahead and download the app today. It's available on Apple app and Google Play. And there's even a two-week free trial. And every Caribou paid subscription is a family plan that allows you to add family members to your plan for free. And when you purchase a Caribou subscription, you're supporting a military family with a free subscription through their partnership with Blue Star Families. So find out more by going to caribou.com. That's C-A-R-I-B-U. Yes, definitely. And as you were talking, I was sitting there trying to figure out primary and secondary for myself and my two kids. <laughs> and so naturally, just like you said, kinesthetic, yeah, that one, yeah, most people learn by doing. Yeah. But 
I got stuck on my oldest one. So the the little one, I know he's auditory because he will ask me a question. He'll be like, mommy, what is that? I tell him what it is and he picks it up immediately. So if I tell him things or sing a song, he picks things up. So I got him auditory, but it's the oldest one that I'm struggling with because he picks things up so quickly, like video games and stuff. Like he doesn't read instructions. He just like does stuff. I'm like, how do you know to press that button? Like, like, how do you, how do you figure these things out? So he's the one that I'm struggling with. So maybe I do need to take that questionnaire to figure out, you know, exactly what that other learning style is. Cause I'm stumped on that one. And here's one thing is that some students, they may kind of like have 50-50 with their primary and secondary to where they actually have two that they learn really well with. And those are the students that actually are benefited the best because they're Mm -hmm. able to learn through multiple ways, um, which is actually very helpful. Yes, yes. Now, I wanted you to touch on uh, one other thing. So we talked about learning styles and organization just a little bit. Now, with how to study, that is one that it's like, okay, Rachel, now what do you mean here? Like, that's really broad and vague. So help us with that one. Yeah, yeah. I tell, Especially when we tell that to parents, parents are like, you know, where, where do I even go with that? What I know what studying is. So what do you mean I don't know how to study? What am I doing? So here's the difference between learning learning and studying. Learning is the actual style that we just talked about, but studying is um, so much broader, meaning if you ask a kid how, you know, how do you study? They may sit down, open a book, read a chapter, close the book and say, I studied. So what happens? They go to class, they take the test, they don't do well because they didn't study. And what does the teacher ask? did you study? What's the kid going to say? Of course I studied because they have no clue that reading a chapter, a few pages is not studying. And so what happens so often our kids will just try to read the night before a test. Well, that's not studying. And so what I would say is how to study you can't definitely, one of the things, you cannot just cram tons of information the night before, right? That's not going to work. That's not real studying. It's definitely not going to be effective at all. So what I encourage parents to do is once you know your child's learning styles, then we can go from there. Then, for example, if I say, if a test is on a Friday, every single day leading up to that test, so Every day we're going to pull out our notes or worksheets or whatever we're trying to study and review that for anywhere from five to 10 minutes every single day leading up to the test. And if you are reviewing notes every single day, repetition is more important than length of time you take for studying. So one kid that might stay up and study for five or six hours the night before the test is not going to do as well as the student that reviewed notes for the every single day for the last five days. Repetition is actually way more important. So what I would say is every single day after class, when a student comes home, before they even open their books to do homework, pull out whatever material they went over that day, whether it's their own notes that they're taking, whether it's the notes that the teachers are handing out, and review what they went over that day. So let's say on Monday, they went over some information. Monday, they went over it. Monday after they got, uh, you know, after school, review it for five to 10 minutes. 
Tuesday after school review five to 10 minutes, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, every single day, we're just pulling it out and reviewing it. And once that information keeps getting in your mind, it's repetition, repetition. It's going to be so much more helpful than trying to cram five and six hours because that's just not productive. I am totally with you on that one because that was one thing I learned when I got to dental school. You can't cram, like there's just not enough time and it's too much information. The repetition part, I I totally get that. The one question I did have for you in regards to the notes, so we're using our learning styles. So would you say like when we're reviewing the notes, we do it with the learning, our primary learning style or secondary, if it's kinesthetic, because I guess it depends on the subject, but would you say just reviewing it with that learning style that we call our primary learning style so that we can um, absorb the information a lot better? Yes, exactly. Great question. Yes, every single day for that that few minute review, doing it in your learning style so that you do retain that information. Definitely a good question. Very good. Okay, so I'm glad I got that cleared up. Now, one last thing here. So you gave us a lot of really good information because I'm already thinking now, even though my kids are seven and three right now, we're going to get on this right, right now. <laughs> we're going to get them ready. <laughs> exactly. We're, yeah. we're not going to wait until later. But the thing that I am sitting here looking at as far as um, the skills that you mentioned earlier um, was time management. So I want to definitely teach them time management, but I'm just trying to think how I could break that down for a young child. Yes, definitely. I'm already doing this with my kiddo who is two. My youngest is two. My son, we are trying to potty train. And the best way (laughs) for me to teach time management is I use a timer. So when it comes to homework, schoolwork, studying, whatever, whatever age they are, we can use the timer to teach them. Okay, for example, um, if they're sitting down to do homework, I'm setting the timer for 15, 20 minutes. Depending upon their age, it doesn't have to be that long. If they're a little bit older, we can set it for 20, 25, 30 minutes. But if they're young, you have to finish, you know, this assignment or this schoolwork or this homework in the time that you have allotted. When the timer rings, we need to be done. If your kids, even if your kids aren't even in school, you can teach them time management through, okay, this one room, y'all's playroom is a mess. I'm setting the timer for 10 minutes. In 10 minutes, this whole room needs to be picked up. So the best way that I love teaching all kids, time management is through a timer. I literally will just set it. When it comes to studying and homework, when kids are maybe we're talking about like sixth, seventh, eighth grade, teaching them time management, and they are able to sit for longer periods of time, I will set the timer for 25 minutes. They have to work on their first homework assignment. When that time is up, then they get a five minute break to where they can grab a snack, get some water, run around the house screaming their heads off. It doesn't even matter what they do as long as they know okay, all I have to do is think about this one segment of time, this 25 minutes I have to focus and then I can get up and have a break. That's all I have to focus on. And so instead of, because what happens a lot of times that I see kids get home, they've been in school all day long. So all they want is a mental break. We sit our kids at the desk to finish homework, right? And what happens? They're like this, la, 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 la. And we come, we could, finish your homework. We go back, go away, come back in five minutes later, finish your homework. And they're still just focused on nothing. Haven't even finished problem one. This can go on for an hour or more without them even doing any work. Right? So how do we let them know like you're wasting time? Let's not, let's 
practice good time management and because if you finish now you'll get all the time later to play and relax and run and go crazy just like a kid should right because I am a parent just like y'all I believe kids should be kids they should be allowed to run and have fun even though I am a tutor I don't think kids should be stuck in a classroom all day right so I want my kid to be able to finish their homework as fast as they can so that they can go enjoy being a kid again I don't want them to sit at the desk for one, two, three hours trying to finish their first homework paper. <laughs> so that is, depending upon the age of your kiddo, I would always set the timer and then they learn, okay, this is my task that I have to complete in this amount of time. I like that a lot because I, we utilize the time. Well, my husband has been utilizing the timer a lot more. <laughs> he uses the timer on the microwave and that's what he'll say. Like, okay, when that timer goes off, you need to, you know, put away your, your gaming system, whatever it is that's going on. You need to stop. So I, I like doing that for, for homework too, because I know with my seven-year-old, the, the struggles is like, he starts to like, tune out like you said like we'll be doing the homework and then he'll just like start being silly or just being like I don't know that's his favorite answer yes. when when he gets frustrated or he's tired he's like I don't know I don't know and I'm just like dude like seriously come on we only got like two more questions he's like, Let's do this. <laughs> so I like the timer method because if I tell him okay like we're gonna do this in you know 15 minutes and then when we're done you can go do whatever you want I know he'll be a lot more motivated if I did it that way Yes, totally understand. I definitely, kids are smart. They know that I don't know. It's like, mm -hmm. you should, you're not getting out of it. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. And he does it to his teacher and the poor teacher should just be like, he says he doesn't know. I'm like, he knows. He knows the answer. <laughs> Do not let him give you that answer. Exactly. <laughs> Those but are the smartest kids. I know. That's why I get so frustrated with him because I'm like, you know, I know you know this. And and he was one that he, I started to see myself in him because he was starting to have some problems in school initially. And I got scared because I'm like, oh God, here we go again. Like we're going down this road. And like, but it was just because he just wasn't tuning in like he was just like I don't want to do this like I'd rather be doing something else and I get it like yeah I'm, if you're seven you don't want to be sitting down all day like no. learning your ABCs yeah. you want to go play like I get it so I know breaking it up into um, smaller time chunks will definitely make it a lot more doable for sure now, Rachel, you have covered uh, quite a bit with us. And honestly, I feel like even though I have young kids, I think that this helps with my little ones as, as well as if I had a teenager. So thank you so much for giving us all of these tips and tricks here because I, like I said, I wish I would have known this when I was in middle school and high school. I probably would have been like you and been a valedictorian too, but <laughs> it's okay. I still ended up doing just fine, but this is really awesome. I just want to know if there's any other resources or information that you feel that us moms should go check out to really get our kids prepared, especially for the um, moms of the little ones. Yeah, definitely. Um, if you're looking for extra online resources, I have an entire resource library full of resources just like this, including a VART questionnaire or VART quiz that you can take for your kiddos to help them to learn, to equip them with their learning style so that they don't get into high school and their teen years saying, what's a learning style? 
Yes. <laughs> now, I will be sure to include that link to the resource library because I want to check it out myself. So it will be in the show notes for sure. But before we sign off, Rachel, I just wanted you to give us either some encouragement, a quote, whatever it is to help us moms, especially the moms that are struggling with kids that aren't doing so well in school. Yes, I would love to say learning doesn't have to be as hard as school makes it right? School can take the fun out of learning. And so the one thing I would love to leave you with is if we can teach our kids that learning is fun, that I think is so much more important than grades. I tell everyone learning is way more important than any grade your kiddo has. And when I look back, I did things that were not the right way because I was focused on the grade but I didn't retain the learning. So year after year, when I would go to the next grade level and I needed the information that I forgot because I didn't learn it the last year. So I was always starting over again, trying to get the grade and not worried about the learning. So if anything, I encourage you parents to focus on the learning and be proud of the learning and let's not focus so much on the grade. Yes, yes. I am with you on that one, Rachel. So thank you so much again. Rachel, just really quick, let us know where we can find you online if we want to connect with you or learn more about you. Yes, you can find me at theexperiencedgraduate.com. You can head on over, find out all the extra academic resources for your kiddos. Perfect, perfect. And again, I will include all of that in the show notes. Rachel, thank you so much again. I really appreciate you. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. So there you have it. That is the episode I have been so excited to share with you with Rachel. I hope you have found a lot of those tips and tricks that she was mentioning helpful for you and to start implementing those things. Now, if you are wanting to get the links in the show notes for this episode, make sure you head over to realhappymom.com slash 69. That's number 69. And there you'll find all the links that were mentioned as well as a complete blog post about this episode. And do me a favor, if you found this episode helpful, rate and subscribe. This helps out more ways than you know, and it also helps to get the message out to other moms. So take care and make sure you tune in on Thursday, where I will be sharing some of my Mommy Talk Thursday tips with you. So take care and with lots of love.